You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Well, th- this is the beauty of it. Now, there's a chance for the trifecta, and it, the odds change dramatically because this basically turns into a horse race where you can go win, place, or show. <laughs> Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, and we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Travis Curra, joined by Brazilian Ty. The matchup is set for the 107th Grey Cup. A lot of people had this matchup set, you and me included. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers against the Hamilton Tiger Cats. One Grey Cup drought is going to end I don't think we had Dane Evans starting with for the Tie Cats and Zach Calero starting for the Bombers, though. <laughs> no, no. I mean, this is exactly. This is. I'm sure exactly how the CFL, uh, you know, wrote the script and exactly how they figured it would pan out. Uh, and casting just went horribly wrong. <laughs> okay, we, we will talk more about that at Two and Out Live. On Thursday, Booker's Barbecue, Grill, and Crab Shack. I cannot wait. The week is finally here. Grey Cup week in Calgary. So if you're going to be in Calgary, you don't have a ticket. The show is sold out. So you can book a table at bookersbarbecue.com. So you're sort of in the building. You can hear what's going on. You can stand at the back. We're not going to guarantee you a seat or anything like that. You can that. buy us drinks. Yeah, I'll take those. And Brazilian Thai will take about thirty of those. Uh, but I guess before the sh- show starts, we should make an announcement. I-, I think it's locked in about what the what the contest is going to be there. Um. Yeah, I think that's a pretty safe bet. It is going to be the main event at Two and Out Live 2. Travis Curra, well, yeah, me, (laughs) versus Fallon Heck. She is the general manager of Booker's Barbecue Grill and Crab Shack. Versus Derek Dennis of the Calgary Stampeders. We are adding the bone crusher, Derek Dennis. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to this brisket eating contest, I really don't like my chances. Now, what is the betting line, Brazilian tie? Well, th- this is the beauty of it. Now, there's a chance for the trifecta, and it, the odds change dramatically because this basically turns into a horse race where you can go win, place, or show. <laughs> like we need to call up Joel Quenville on an off day and down in Florida and get him to set a line. Now you're all in. Oh, I, I, I'm 100% in. <laughs> this is going to be both hard to watch and easy to watch at the exact same time. <laughs> I think it's going to be harder to watch than last year, to be honest. No, because you didn't chew last year. You have to at least chew this time. Oh, We'll see how tender it is. I might not have to. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so excited to have Derek Dennis a part of the fun this time around. Now, to be transparent with you, I'm recording this, we are recording this, not long after the Western Final in Regina. I'm about an hour and a half outside of Regina in Davidson, and I am swarmed by Ryder fans. I am, I'd say, about 25 feet away from an A&W drive-thru speaker. So if you hear this weird background noises, it's because I'm outside of an A&W right now. The other side of the parking lot is a Dairy Queen and a SO. It's just madness around here because there's basically, well, yeah, there's only the one highway between Regina and Saskatoon. So what else do you you expect, right? But that's what's going to happen. Uh, Are the Ryder fans like banging on your window being like, one of us, one (laughs) of us? And you know what? It's actually a pretty positive atmosphere considering what we just witnessed. And I just want to get through this as fast as we can so I can uh, 
so I can go get myself a Papa Burger and get back on the road because I'm only, uh, you know, uh, seven hours away from home and I got to work in the morning. Uh, <laughs> but there sounds is... like sounds like you chose poorly. <laughs> but there is something that I do want to mention, and it's that Popeyes opened up in Red Deer. This is ridiculous. <laughs> on friday and you know some podcast things some radio things are show business so on thursday i found out that the new popeyes was going to be opening up on the friday and i said i was filling in on mornings because our morning guy was uh on on vacation for the week and i said let me go to Popeye's and get in line to be the the first customer there. So I get there at about quarter to seven in the morning. I brought my lawn chair. <laughs> I'm sitting outside of Popeye's. It's minus six. They're actually putting finishing touches on the, the sign outside. Like there's guys coming up to me. What are you doing here? I'm like, I'm just here to be the first guy to order a bunch of chicken here. And they're bringing me. This, this sounds like our field, or uh, not field trip, our track and field days where we would skip because it always seemed to be a track and field day when the new Star Wars would come out. <laughs> it always was. I have no idea why. So I'm... and and it was like, oh, we won't get busted. And you know, my mom drives past the movie theater on her way to work because we lived half a block away. <laughs> that wasn't well thought out. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that, that's probably why we didn't do that well in school, considering. <laughs> so the manager finally shows up at eight and I tell him what I'm doing and his jaw just drops. And then opening was at 11 o'clock. And this was actually the greatest moment of my life. They asked me to cut the ribbon. None of this was planned. It wasn't a dream I knew I had until I cut the ribbon of a brand new Popeye's Louisiana kitchen in Red Deer. It was amazing. My mother called me because she didn't believe it really happened. Then I cut the ribbon? Yes. She thinks there's something <laughs> dra- like horribly wrong with you. Why? That you love Popeye's that much, but at the same time, I totally understand it because their biscuits are the best and it's... <laughs> You have the relationship with Popeyes that I have with Burger King. <laughs> like, if anybody if anybody says anything bad about Burger King, I just like turn away and like, I just walk away and scoff and call them idiots. Like they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> and I feel like you're the same way with Popeyes. Yes, you're exactly right. Exactly right. Let's talk about the East and West final. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em. And show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. The Hamilton Tiger Cats looked like they sure didn't have much rust if they as, as they beat the Edmonton Eskimos 36 36- 16. I'll be honest, I probably, I did think the game was going to be a bit closer, but when the game starts and Edmonton can't control the ball, you knew this was just going to go Hamilton's way. It was one of those days. Yeah, the line closed at at Edmonton plus 5.5, so of course I took it. Uh, So it doesn't count as me picking Edmonton because I took them to cover as the underdog. So I still got the pick right. But when they come out and they, they force Hamilton to punt on the opening drive, it's like maybe the Eskimos defense can stick with these guys. And then, you know, the interception by Richard Leonard, uh, the, Hamilton comes over the field goal in the next drive, and then Gable fumbles on the first play of the, of the ensuing drive after after the field goal and gives uh, Hamilton really good field position. Two turnovers on the opening two drives for the game for Edmonton, and it, it just seemed like this, like once that started, it just wasn't going to stop. Yeah, I mean, uh, Orlando Steinauer used the uh, challenge early on a defensive pass interference, and it wasn't even a massive play. You know, it wasn't a 45-yard gain or something like that. So I thought it was pretty gutsy to throw the flag on that one, but it is successful, and the Esks are still able to stop them uh, and hold Mm -hmm. them to a field goal there. But like you said, C.J. Gable is the veteran here, and... He needs to be the one 
to protect the ball, and when he puts it on the ground in the in the first quarter, the Tie Cats are just going to take advantage of it, and that's exactly what they did. And they at one point it was ten three in points off turnovers. Yeah. No, I, I I know ten points doesn't sound like a lot, uh, but if you're going to lose a turnover battle and lose the points off turnovers, that's not a good mix. You said a funny stat. You're putting, you're putting yourself behind the eight ball at that point, right? You said a funny stat before we started recording, and it Uh-oh. was that all three of Saskatchewan's mm. quarterbacks on the roster at the beginning of the year played today. Um, two of them had touchdowns. Two of them are going to be playing in the Grey Cup. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a... Phenomenal way. I mean, David Watford, he scores two touchdowns in this one, and they've really found a way to utilize him. The guy is a heck of a rusher. There is no (laughs) denying that. He is an athlete, and he makes things happen when they give him the ball. And on the goal line, he is really, really tough to stop and Edmonton just I I can't blame them it seems like nobody's able to really stop David Watford when even when you know what he's going to do right well and it's not like he just dives forward yeah right exactly he he is able to he is able to gain the edge they can get good enough blocking no matter which way he's going and with the first touchdown he goes to the right the second touchdown he goes to the left well you know he's already gone to the right for you that's still in your mind, you know, and there's always, you're always doubting that he could go the other way. Like you just don't know. And the fact that he's able to go either way and he could probably still just dive forward and get it. You know, he's physical enough. He's athletic enough. He could just do that with, with the options there. It's just so hard to seal off every option that he has to, to run the ball into the end zone. I think one of the keys that a lot of people had was that the Eskimos couldn't allow Hamilton to get off to a fast start. And after the first quarter, it was 13, nothing, <laughs> But Trevor Harris still kept his cool at this point. He finds Devaris Daniels for a 21-yard touchdown. They're only down by six. But then right after that, a massive touchdown with a ridiculous catch to mm-hmm. Brandon Banks, and it's 20-7 to Hamilton. So Edmonton just really couldn't close no. the gap and make things close here. They even... You know, tried to get within a touchdown at the end of the half, but Hamilton's able to just go down the field and kick another field goal to make it a two-score game going into halftime. And the factor here was going to be a sold-out Tim Hortons field, a hungry crowd that wants the first Grey Cup in two decades. And when you start down two scores, it's going to be really hard to work back to get back in this thing. Yeah, and I mean, especially against Hamilton. Hamilton has shown that like they have two of the top five receivers when it comes to yards. They have twenty touchdowns between the two of them. Uh, you know, they had over five thousand passing yards as a team. Like, if you get behind on, like, they have an ability to score so quick, and and you know, and and often that you can be behind the. Eight, and we saw it when these two teams played earlier in the year. You can be behind the eight ball real quick. And be down three scores. And I know Edmonton was able to keep it close through the first half, but they were never able to get back within, you know, a field goal or to tie up this game. And and Hamilton just, Hamilton had an answer for everything that Edmonton did, and Edmonton just could not get back into the game. And I didn't think the Eskimo defense was really all that bad. Um, No. Special teams left something to be desired. Yeah, Hugh O'Neill had a rough game here, didn't he? His kickoffs were awful. He shanked that punt uh, and gave Hamilton the ball at their own 51. Now, I know Edmonton held them to a field goal in the drive, but that gets them to 13-0 at the end of the first quarter. Yeah. And at that point, you're down two scores, and now you're, you're really climbing uphill. And, like, every kickoff seemed to be to the 20. Now, it wasn't as bad as Medlock's opening kickoff in the West Final, but you're not helping anybody with this. No. And and they were able to hold Jamel Smith in check pretty much on returns 
Yeah, so, he was there. There was not much going on for him. I mean, uh, it, it's good to see Jeff Reinbold. You know what? I I don't know if there probably is somebody just because Twitter can be a cesspool. But how many people have any bad no. bad words to say about this guy? <laughs> yeah, that's that's very fair. He he. I don't know if he flew or he drove back, but did he not? go back and help John Chick move after he was already in BC. Like, how cool is that? Yeah, I think he was driving one of the trucks for him. Like, Wow. I know, I know, I, I'm sure John Chick, with like his 800 kids, has a mansion. <laughs> okay, everybody and, take a box. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you wouldn't even have to hire movers. It's like, it's like a Dutch Catholic farm in the 40s, but... Oh, Taekwon Glass ended up having a interception in the third quarter. Edmonton gets the ball deep. They end up having to give up a safety, but it's 25-13. They're very much in this game. Next thing you know, it's 28-13. But then Justin Tiggle, Tuggle picks off Harris at the line, and then they have get some pretty good... Uh, field position and then it became the field position there and Edmonton just couldn't they couldn't get it they they get shut out in the third quarter and that's exactly what they didn't need they deferred the coin toss yeah and took the and took the wind in the third quarter to try to get back into the game Did nothing and they got with shut it. out yeah that that's not good <laughs> uh you know Moss did uh, get the DPI challenge, and you know, I, I know I say like when it's early, if it doesn't, if it's not taking points off, the, if it can put points on the board, or if it's not taking points off, then you don't want to do it. But they needed something; they needed to get points in that third quarter. This and it was successful; it keeps the drive alive. They still got forced to punt, so that even didn't get them going. And, and it, I mean, when, once you got shut out with the wind, you kind of knew there was no chance they were scoring. Uh, all, a bunch of points in the fourth quarter into the wind. Well, let's face it; they scored a field goal in the second half. I mean, yeah, not ideal. Uh, yeah, th- that Hamilton defense and that th- that Hamilton crowd—it's just—it's—it's it's tough to beat. There's mm-hmm. no way going around that. I mean, C.J. Gable had 15 carries, 55 yards. Under four yards a carry, that's not going to get yep. it done. <laughs> no. and, I mean, and still had a better day than William Powell. Oh, man. And then <laughs> Sha- Shaq Cooper getting hurt and not being able to contribute to the game, one carry and one catch in that one. So when that happens, uh, that took a lot of the dynamic away because that thunder and lightning just – wasn't there uh, at all um and when hamilton knew what to expect then that's all they had to look forward to they just had to pin their ears back but i mean hamilton is better in every sense than the montreal alouettes right they're better in every sense than every team in this league right now (laughs) yeah that's uh there is a fair case for that. Like absolutely. To be honest, to be honest, I would put this team up against any team I've ever seen in the CFL. That's a big statement, man. Well, but they're fifteen and three. Like, I mean, I mean, you look at like maybe the twenty ten Montreal Alouettes, right? You know, with that receiving core and Anthony Calvillo, but I mean this this team right now is just doing whatever they want. It's not even fair. It's like McDavid needs to be in his own league. Like, there needs to be a league <laughs> higher than NHL. Yeah. For, like, him and Drysaddle right now, there needs to be another league for Hamilton. <laughs> like, they're just that much better than everybody right now. Yeah, it was just, uh, I think, recency bias. Sometimes it's easy to look at um, what a team does in the semifinal and just think that they've got all the momentum in the world going into the final and uh, maybe that's what we thought was going to happen here 
with Edmonton. It is what happened with Winnipeg. The Riders did it in 2013. They did it in 2010. That Just winning that semifinal, it just gives you all that momentum in the world mm-hmm. going against a team that could come out nervous, a little bit rusty, and if they're fighting it a little bit and you get a lead, it's hard to... Hard to take that away from them. But the Eskimos, I mean, they had seven penalties for 50 yards. That's not bad. Uh, so I, I I, think that Jason Moss is going to get fired. But I don't know if he could have done more in the playoffs. I don't. Like, yeah, I get the whole why not us thing. And, yeah, it they literally only had to win two on, two games on the road. That's it. I mean, if you look at it that way, yeah, that's fair. But to go into Hamilton, who hasn't lost at home yet, the way that they have played this year, it's more than winning just two games. you got to go in and play a near-perfect football game, and you could tell from the start that that was not in the cards. Part of me wanted to see both of the coaches of the year not in the Grey Cup. <laughs> that would have been unreal. <laughs> that would have been... That would have been something else. I, I think it's Steinauer's award to lose. Now they're... Well, after after today, it's a pretty oh. easy. But we'll get into that. Now there is a, a thought out there that Fajardo is going to, well, beat Brandon Banks just because nope. of the position. Of quarterback, um, he Brent, Brandon Banks is the MOP. It's not even close. Yeah, some are saying that the Ticats would have been able to survive without Brandon Banks, but they sure didn't last year. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's not an MVP award, right? It's most outstanding. He only had... if you want to if if we want to call it an MVP award, that's a completely different conversation. He only had four catches, but 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, sometimes it just looks like you can't defend him. I, you can't? <laughs> short of just clotheslining the guy and taking a penalty, I, I don't know what yeah. you can do. Uh, you basically have to have safety help at all times. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's not going to stretch the field. At all times, they run the drag route with them. They run the, they can run slants. They can do everything. He's so quick. Uh, you know, if you can't, if you can't, if you don't guess right on a break, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's he's just so fast that it's 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 like you said, impossible almost to defend him. And I don't know on that touchdown if he, if that if if it could have been defended any better. I don't no. know what else you could do there. No, I I cannot fault the DB on that one. That was no. just a. An insane play. Dane Evans throws for 386 yards. Harris throws for 319 yards. We'll see if there's any news following the season with his health, uh, how he is doing here. Uh, Cam Marshall only had nine carries in this one. Hamilton just didn't even have to didn't even have to run it. And I, next week's game against Winnipeg is going to be fascinating. But we we have to get here and talk about. Winnipeg here unless you have anything to add to this game because man you were in a barn burner for the Canadian Football Podcast Network fantasy playoffs you were against Mm -hmm. Empire Andrew you had Mm -hmm. yourself a good week and you're going to the finals buddy well you know when you're really good at something (laughs) like like especially when you're like the best one on the podcast. At oh it, God, it, you're the bombers of this playoffs, man. <laughs> and I'm the writers. Just had to get in, man. Just had to get in. <laughs> yeah, that's that's um, ex- exactly it. You know, I got lucky because Andrew, of course, just loaded up on on Eskimos. Uh, if I had to play you this week, which would have not mattered, I would have beat you anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to have know, Brandon it, it, Banks in my lineup for fun. <laughs> yeah, it it was 
It was tough. It was nerve-wracking until I realized, oh, Andrea has no more players left, and I still have Kolaros, Dembski, and the Winnipeg defense in the uh, afternoon game, and I'm only down by five points. Right. Right. Like, I don't want to brag, but... <laughs> yes, you do. Good day. You know you do. Uh, I mean... I wish there were, I don't. I don't know if there's. I didn't pay anybody any money, so I don't think there's any money on the line other than just bragging rights, which I will use to my full ability. Uh, like a mother. If, well, <laughs> <laughs> you know what the worst part about that commercial is? What? You know? Do you know what song is playing in the background? Oh yes, I do. And you don't like heart? heart. <laughs> no, it makes me want to shove a fork in my ear. <laughs> This episode of Two and Out is brought to you by Park Power, a provider of electricity and natural gas in Alberta that offers low rates, awesome service, and profit sharing with local charities in the province of Alberta, where I am not right now. You get to choose who you buy your energy from. Park Power has low overhead, and chances are you'll save money if you switch. I made the switch. I'm saving money. I like saving money. You can find out how much money you would save by visiting parkpower.ca. I used some of our savings to buy tickets to Touchdown Manitoba. Maybe I just won't pay tie back and I've saved even more money. And plugging your numbers into the that, Alberta... That is your MO. <laughs> plugging... Your numbers into the Alberta Energy Savings Calculator. If you decide to switch, it's easy. Nothing changes about your service, only the price you pay. Learn more at parkpower.ca. That was fun. That was Spe- really fun. Speaking of power bills, I still don't have to pay one. Holy crap. <laughs> I still have like 500 or $600 of credit left. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I might ju- I might just put a thousand dollars on my gas and power bill like every January and just let it ride. <laughs> See how long you can make this last, <laughs> right? Okay. Why not? The Western Final. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what? I think the game delivered. I I think that this game it was always going to be a close one, and I know it was probably uh, low scoring for a lot of people's tastes. But twenty to thirteen, a slugfest, right down to the bitter end. And you know what? I I did pick Winnipeg to win, but they didn't win the way I thought they would, because Cody Fajardo played to the very end. And you know, last year's loss for the Riders, I think it was easy to go into the off season and be sort of pessimistic especially after free agency because <laughs> what was going to happen at quarterback yeah well we got Emmanuel Arsenal <laughs> I know Elamimian it was a and, big and Elamimian he was a leader on that defense so uh, I'm mm-hmm. not going to slam that signing but no they got lucky with Fajardo and it's really easy to be positive now because now they have a mm-hmm. guy for the future. He he knows that he's going to be the starting quarterback going into next season. He played here with two torn muscles which I said that 3 weeks ago. You did not say Two torn muscles. I did not say. I did not say two. I said he's got torn muscles in his oblique, or it's torn. It's not just a. It's not just a pull. So I'm counting that as a win. I don't know how he made it through this game. Uh, I want whatever he was on. Well, there was a point in the game, and I was listening to the post game show. I think it was late in the first half when he made a throw that he was very close to the line of scrimmage. And he hit Jefferson's helmet. Well, they came out and they delivered some pills to him. Like, <laughs> they gave him some more drugs on the field. Oh, where, where are those people at my job? <laughs> yeah, I could use uh, some drug deliveries once in a while. But, man, he was a warrior to the end. You could tell he was hurting mm-hmm. on some runs. And then 
the ball hits well, the goalpost at the he end. He didn't run the ball at all in the first quarter. Right. He he was trying to and, save and, it, and I don't blame him. And even and even when and then his first rush was what two yards, and he took a huge hit. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that I don't think he's going to do it again. He ended up taking off later in the game for a pretty for a pretty big gain, but and it, it wasn't hurt. the same Cody Fajardo. And I think we knew that coming in. And you know, you could see he was crushed at the end of the game when the ball hit the goalpost. And then still signing autographs for the mm-hmm. kids after the game. And you know what? Vernon Adams was doing it that last week in Montreal as well. These two guys are franchise quarterbacks. The Owls and the Riders have something to look forward to going into 2020. But the game was just a slugfest. And to, to start from the top, the Riders, they came out flat. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Medlock tried. I don't know. It was a, probably a designed kick, uh, squib kick, right at the beginning. It was a hostile environment, and the Riders had good field position. And I just think in the John general, Ryan coffin corner punt. Yeah, the 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 patented <laughs> rouge. Yes. And later in the game, he was kicking some boomers that really mm-hmm. did, uh, uh, you know, help keep the game where it was but with your quarterback that banged up the play calling decisions were nothing short of bizarre like why would you do we do we expect any less from McAdoo at this point though I don't know man like Fajardo is how banged up and he's got to pass the ball 41 times and you give William Powell eight carries Mm-hmm. Where does this make sense? It doesn't. And and we talked about it all season, how Powell hasn't been used much. Usage way down compared to what it has been. Yeah. And we thought they're saving him. They're saving him for playoffs. You know, it's going to be November. They're going to have to run the ball. That's how they're going to win. That's the only way they're going to win. Uh, you know, it takes a lot of pressure off your offensive line. takes a lot of pressure off your quarterback. Uh, to only give him the ball eight times, I, I get it. You're down, but you're, you're down like once. You're down nine in the in the first half. Like at, by the by halftime, you're only down seven. You're down a score. You don't abandon the run yet. Like it just it made no sense. Powell did fumble the ball early in the game. Um, but then, then you can then give it to Thigpen. Then, if you don't trust Powell, give it to somebody. Do something. Yeah, yeah. But and I, I texted you from the stands. Zach Caleros is on a mission, and he, oh yeah, he looks like he's on a mission to beat his old teams. And another one of his old teams is coming up in the Grey Cup. It was dark out. It was like what seventy miles to Chicago, and he was wearing sunglasses. <laughs> Like we're on a mission from God. We're we're on a mission from Gad. Uh, <laughs> like, but like, like he, he came out with ice water in his veins, yep. man. Yep. It was basically just a big, and I, I have to say it. It was a big <laughs> you to the Riders. Yep. When it was three and one, I, I don't blame him at all. When it was three one, and John Ryan. Pins them deep. There was a penalty that put the Bombers even further back. And Mosaic mm-hmm. Stadium was on their feet. It was thunderous in there. And what do they do? 66, 66 yards. yard pass to Darvin Adams. Yep. Uh, Nick Marshall was staring at the backfield, wondering if they're going to hand it off to Nick Dembski or to mm-hmm. A- Andrew Harris or something like that. And they He, he took two steps in. Yeah. Exactly. And Darvin Adams was gone. Darvin Adams was, he was untouched a lot in this game. Mm-hmm. I, I don't and, know why. Just I, more on that 66-yard pass before we get too far. Don't forget the extra 15 yards because yeah, Charleston Hughes rolled up, rolled up on Kalaros, which is a <laughs> move. And, you know, it's selfish. And probably not the smartest thing you can do in this situation. And you're basically just gifting them points at the, at that point. Yeah, there's another guy that is going to be uh, going in for surgery after the year. He he revealed, I mean, uh, I don't think it was much of a secret. His arm was 
uh, braced up for the last third of the mm-hmm. season. He, he had slowed down as far as sacks go. It'll be interesting to see if he's going to be with the Riders. But a remarkable run over the last four years, leading the league in sacks, 35, 34, 33, 32. He is one of the all-time greats. It'll be interesting to mm-hmm. see if he is back in Regina uh, next year. But, yeah, they get out of that deep, deep hole, and Caleros is just making these. You know what? He, he didn't have one of those, you know, huge 450-yard games or whatever, and I don't think any of these quarterbacks were going to do that because uh, of the defense playing here. But seventeen to twenty-five for two sixty-seven and a touchdown. He hits Kenny the King Lawler after that to put them up by nine points, and basically for the rest of the game, the teams mm-hmm. were trading field goals the rest of the way, and the Riders could really never get back in it after falling behind early. Oh, and the right. The Bombers kept the Riders out of the end zone. <laughs> That'll like, win you the a rider, lot of games. The, the Riders did their best Eskimos impression, and they looked exactly like the Eskimos with a loss. Yeah. Like, it was... The score wasn't indicative of a dominant performance. No. Uh, but, I th- but I think the Bombers dominated a little more than people think. Uh, they kind of had their way on defense... They, yeah, let, go ahead, kick field goals. We have the second-best kicker in the league in Justin Medlock. We're not worried. The most remarkable stat I heard about this game is that the Bombers got into the red zone in the third quarter, five minutes left. That was the first time they got into the red zone in mm-hmm. the playoffs. <laughs> oh. Well, because they... they the, well, the Darvin Adams touchdown was an explosion play. If that's what you the more than thirty yards. Yeah. Uh, the the Strebler the had a the long Lawler, run. Yeah, Kenny the King Lawler's touchdown was from outside the red zone after the Darvin Adams reception. Like they're not they're not having they're having they're having long drives or sustaining drives, but they're not just running the ball and, and you know chipping away and getting to the one yard line. They're they're making plays when they get the chance. Credit to Winnipeg. I mean, their offensive line, we all know that it's mm-hmm. a strong point of the team. Uh, the Riders were not able to get pressure on Caleros at all, and he was able to make those big plays when he needed to, trying to shut up the crowd at Mosaic. They never really did because it was louder than ever in the no. fourth quarter, and they were able to keep it close. But I, I think... The big thing was late in the first half, the the clock management by the Riders. That's embarrassing. I, I don't know if they were planning to run the clock out, but then they give the ball to Powell. He has a nice gain, and there was still about 14 seconds on the clock, and they run one play, and... It, they were basically in field goal range when Roosevelt caught it with no mm-hmm. time on the clock. It was, and that's the second week in a row. Well, second game they did it against Edmonton in the game to clinch first. Yeah, um, in that situation, in the huddle, you call two plays. Yeah, everybody, everybody knows this. This is not breaking news. It's not some new fangled strategic maneuver that has just been brought in uh, to the league. It's not the forward pass. Uh, it's embarrassing that they run the ball, which is fine. I have no problem with that. Big gain. And then Fajardo calls a play at the line. Yeah. Why? Why is that play not already called? You get the playoff, you, ha- you take your time out. If you got to do that, Dickinson might as well have used the timeout there, because you're not that play. The next play isn't going to take you 14 seconds. Get down before the clock runs out, and you can still kick the field goal. It's not that hard of a concept. It's ridiculous, and I don't think the playoffs matter for the for the awards. But if they did, if Steinhauer wasn't already winning coach of the year 
this just made it unanimous. How, how do you go into halftime with two timeouts in your pocket and no points on your final drive when you have a chance to get at least three? The Bombers come out in the second half. Massive play to Nick Dembski for 42 yards, taking it down to the Ryder 25. Uh, but On my fantasy lineup. <laughs> the, the Riders were able to hold them again. Settled for a Medlock field goal. It's 14-4 at that point. And then the Riders come back with a nice little drive there. Brett Lowther has the field goal, and it is a seven-point game again. After that, Cody Fajardo, I, I think that long throw he tried to make to Shaq Evans, it was really mm-hmm. evident that he was hurt on that one because that was really short and really easy pick for Winston Rose, and then it's 17-7 for the Bombers, and it's starting to look like the Riders aren't going to get back into this game, and the Bombers would only kick another field goal. Uh, the Riders had every opportunity to win this one, and the, the defense kept them in it because Andrew Harris was a non-factor in this one. Chris Allegedly, was a non-factor in this one. They gave him four carries. He had 10 yards the Riders were ready for Strevler. Mm-hmm. I know he's got the foot bugging him. He was hobbling around on the field just like he was in Calgary last week. But Saskatchewan is ready for it, and a lot of times defenses this season have not been ready for it. With Strevler in there, it becomes a wildcat formation because he's probably 99% of the time he's not throwing that football. They did try to get him to throw a deep one. They just missed and, it too. And then they and they did and they just missed it. But for the most part as, you know, the linebacker you have to make a split decision and read the play at whether or not he's handing the ball off or he's going to keep it. And if you take one wrong step, I mean, you're out of position and it's, that's an extra 5 yards. Uh, I thought the defense played really well when he was in, and and they were able to contain him. And like you said, four carries for ten yards. Uh, but you know, it was the big plays that Colorado was able to get that made the Strevler stuff not seem like it was such a big loss for the Winnipeg. When it was seventeen seven, Cody Fajardo takes off for a big play. He slides. There is some contact there. And it was at that point when Fajardo, I'm like, this guy's hurt, and he's going to try and will his way to victory. And then they put Brian Bennett in. And I understand the Stamps lost a Grey Cup on this. Uh, I understand that these... The Riders lost how many games bringing Bridge in? I get that these guys have red zone packages or whatever, but the the second down play with Brian Bennett, they looked lost. They, they, so he he obviously thinks it's a play action. Uh, Powell, Powell obviously thinks him. that Bennett. Powell <laughs> obviously thinks it's just going to be Bennett running, yeah, and he's just going to push him. Uh, you know, Emmanuel Arsenault. Could have been part of a play act. Who knows what the hell happened on that? But it was so bad. And I know I wrote on the prep sheet that uh, the Bombers. Uh, what, what did I write? Bombers forced the Riders to settle for a field goal after Bennett comes in. The Bombers didn't force them to do anything. Saskatchewan was just that bad in the red zone that they forced themselves to settle for a field goal. I, I like that doesn't happen if so Fajardo's in there. No, and I mean, it's Vaughn getting hurt didn't help. No, that's that. That was a big thing that I don't know if they even uh, if many people are talking about that. Uh, I I didn't notice until till the post game, right? Yeah, because I was just so mad at like, what are we doing for play calling right now? And and uh, then until uh, the, until Fajardo mentioned it, but I mean. To bring Bennett in, if Fajardo's hurt, I get it. Yep. But the fact that Fajardo comes back makes me think that they already they had this plan before. And you know what? Maybe they're just trying to, you know, have less hits 
on him. But, I mean, if you're going to use that, you have to be sure you know what you're doing and it didn't mm-hmm. look like. No, nothing says success in the red zone like your third string quarterback. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. usually plays up man on punts. Yeah, why isn't even Harker in that? I, I don't get it. At least if how at least if Harker's in there, there's that opportunity. There's the chance that he throws the football. Yeah, yeah. It was 2013 when the Riders had a brilliant special teams play, mm-hmm. and you know I kind of wondered what was happening. The ball is going to the far side of the field, and then Marcus Thigpen, ooh, he could sell. <laughs> he could sell Don't. me. Some Popeye's Don't. chicken. <laughs> oh, no. No, literally anybody could sell you Popeye's chicken. <laughs> a goat could sell you Popeye's chicken. He could sell me some pineapple on pizza, that guy, because... <laughs> oh, blasphemy. But at the same but, time, oh, Mike O'Shea had to be choked. <laughs> I... Don't undersell. Don't discount what the cover team, or we're not sorry, not with the cover. What the return team did. Yeah, I on know. That. Yeah, uh, they left Pierre Foy out on an island, and they even said on the broadcast, when that ball is in the air, if you're on the cover team, you can't look up, right, to find the ball because you're going to go, you're going to get lit up. You just got to. That go. being said, <laughs> that being said, when Justin Medlock says he's going to kick it to the boundary side. You better be running to the boundary side because Medlock's probably not not going to screw that up. And if I'm Mike O'Shea, I am tearing a strip off my cover team. Yeah. Oh, the Riders needed that one uh, to get into this game because the the Bombers they just clinched it. I mean, uh, to rush against them, I noticed on first down they'd bring in Drake Nevis and Jake Thomas. As soon as it mm-hmm. wasn't a uh, rushing down, those guys went off the field. And uh, well, look, look at the last play of the game. They had four defensive ends. Yeah, they were coming. Maybe McAdoo just didn't want to run against those guys, and maybe that was part of the game plan. But when it's well, like when they take Drake Nevis out of the game, you have to start running draws. Do you not, or something? When it's first and three on the goal line, you have to get seven points. Yep, yep. And don't give it to William Powell on first down? That seems like a great coaching decision. Run to run to the left side where your left tackle, your starting left tackle, is out of the game, and you have the backup in who hasn't played tackle before. And your quarterback with you know the oblique injury that he has, mint mint decision. And then I, I know the ball went off the went off the crossbar, but that ball was getting picked if it didn't. It, it's kind of six and one half a dozen the other. I'd rather the game end like that than you know Fajardo making what looks like a terrible mistake or a terrible decision. Oh man! And you know what? That last that last you know five minutes of the game that was why you know the CFL is so awesome because. Mm-hmm. When, when the Riders turned it over on downs with, you know, 214 left. I got a text saying it's over. I'm like, no, it's not. Yeah. It is far from over at this point. They had the ball back. Uh, that incredible catch from Kyron Moore to put him right back down at the five-yard mm-hmm. line. They, and they just couldn't get it done. That's all there is to it. And credit to the Bomber yep. defense for tightening up uh, where they had to tighten up because they were playing back there, it seemed like, for the entire fourth quarter there was some bizarre clock management i thought in the fourth quarter too uh, right around the 324 mark left and calling a timeout i i don't know what was happening there i think that uh coaching lost the riders this game well you can only call one timeout inside the three minute warning so, so i get they it didn't want it. there was no point on saving it but, i get that yeah no but there's also no point in using it right right so the Bombers but, are, I, I think there's a lot of hope for the Riders going into next year. Of course, there's going to be some change. Derek Moncrief and Shaq Evans probably mm-hmm. going to take shots at the NFL. Uh, Is William Powell happy? Well, and you know what? He, he's going to be 32 before next season as well. So mm-hmm. they're, they're going to need a young running back in camp. Um, but there is a lot to look forward to in Saskatchewan. It's a fascinating year for Winnipeg. 
because a lot of people are like, imagine that they win the Grey Cup. I don't think and Paul Lapolis is the head coach coming into camp. Yeah, and I don't think Zach Caleros is their quarterback. No matter no. what happens. <laughs> I, and like yeah, that, I mean, I, if they don't make that signing, they are not, or that trade, they are not going to the Grey Cup. Nope. But at the same time, GMs in every league have figured out that you can't pay players for what they've done in the past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you, that's why you're seeing all these 22-year-olds getting these huge contracts. You're betting on their future. Yeah. And at 32, 33, 34, a player's future is not nearly as as appealing as it is when they're 24, 25. Oh. What what a set of games! I'm so looking forward to uh, the 107th Grey Cup in Calgary. Seeing everybody there, we're gonna have uh, Canadian Football Podcast Network trading cards again. Uh, I don't even know if I'm allowed to reveal that, but they're gonna be around Calgary. Uh, we're gonna be <laughs> my my trading card is especially hilarious. <laughs> oh, I I'm a big fan of your card. <laughs> Is it is it is it funny or is it just a desperate cry for help? Huh. Or both. I <laughs> Just got to make them laugh, Travis. You just got to get them to laugh. That's that's all you need and then you're in, man. And then yep. you're in. <laughs> oh, the Grey Cup, Two and Out Live will be the next time we talk to you. We will be broadcasting the show on Periscope. So follow us on Twitter at Two and Out CFL. It is myself versus Derek Dennis versus Fallon from Booker's in a brisket eating contest. It is absurd to the max. Will Ty be able to keep his beer down? That is the biggest question. Oh, that's that's not even up for debate. <laughs> why, would, why would I want to waste it? <laughs> we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I encourage you to check out the show, City of Champions, where Shane Fantasy interviews interesting people doing exceptional things in Edmonton. He has talked to some great people, even you know some people in the Eskimos organization. So tune in for art, business, sports, and more with City of Champions. And check out all the great shows at uh, albertapodcastnetwork.com. And make sure you can probably grab your 107th Grey Cup tickets at seatgiant.ca. You're going to get yourself a 5% discount by using the promo code APN. You're going to support the Alberta Podcast Network in the process as well. We will see you in Cowtown for the Grey Cup. I cannot wait. So see you around. And uh, I'm drinking Pilsner, by the way. What oh, you- weird. <laughs> uh, I, am, I am actually on the website right now. See, Jack? And there, yes, there are some tickets available. All the Stamps there fans want to unload them. <laughs> yeah, weird. I wonder why. <laughs> Rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, on Apple Podcasts, follow us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere you can. We'll see you around Calgary. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.